0: Live from F102, this is Art As We Know It. This is the ninth episode of our bi-monthly podcast. With this podcast, we hope to share our art knowledge and help inspire others to find art in their daily lives. My name is Ariana, and on this episode, we have... Anissa,
1: Patrick,
2: and Piper. All right, so last week we asked you guys which former U.S. president used to... Uh, used his artwork to raise money for military veterans? And the answer is George W. Bush.
1: Today in Art History, on March 13th, 1870, the Metropolitan Museum of Art was formed in New York City. So for our first topic today in the Undercover Artists, not only was he our answer to last week's trivia question and not only the 43rd president of the United States, but George W. Bush is also an artist. He started humbly painting dogs and showers and baths, but now has moved on to um, doing oil portraits of veterans. He's created a book of 66 veteran portraits called "The Portrait of Courage, a commander in chief's tribute to American warriors. His major stance on this was... Not about himself, to not think about the artist, but think about the context. Think about... Um their bravery, and what they've sacrificed for this country. And all proceeds go to veterans.
0: I think it's nice of him that he's doing this for the veterans. However. However. (laughs) I, you know, I think what our veterans need is a safe social security, health insurance, knowing that when they come back, they will be accepted by the American public and that they have, you know, the economic needs that they need to once they retire. And I don't think that's going to be suddenly saved because... George W. Bush thought that he can't sell his books. And I think it's a major issue that we need to look into and his little charity isn't going to help it.
2: I agree. I think there is more that we could do for our veterans, especially considering how many of them do end up homeless. Like there's a lot that have to do with veteran affairs. It's often overlooked by the American people. So I think that there is more that you could do. However, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction.
0: Or maybe that's his message, too. It's like we should like raise more money and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's out of his hands now. He's not the yeah, president anymore, that's true. so he can't influence
0: policy. He's like
1: doing that. his best by having this charity and putting a good message out there. This is a positive message. So
3: yeah, I don't really think that like any charity is like bad necessarily, because I feel like any effort to helping veterans is a good effort. Yeah. So
2: I feel like if you look at the artwork itself, it's not the best art. I think you really have to take the meaning behind it of. He's trying to work in, like, it takes a lot of time and effort to make these portraits. And so he's doing what he can in his current position. And I think it's a nice thought, definitely. Is there more that can be done? Yes, Yes. there's always more that can be done. But it's a step in the right direction. So it's, is it like, it's just like veterans? Oh, they're very simple portraits. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: they're not anything, you know, too uh, complex, but they're very, um, you know, impressionistic oil portraits of these veterans. And I found the date for when this um, book was released. It was October nineteenth, twenty eighteen. So very recently,
0: last year.
3: Yeah, all these portraits look kind of similar, and like no one's really smiling. Oh, except for that one dude. (laughs) He's smiling. So everyone just looks pretty like stoic and like like off to the side. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think it's nice of him what he's doing, but. As Piper said, there's always more that can be done for our veterans.
3: Yeah, there's always more to
2: be
0: done. Speaking of people that we didn't know were artists, we can talk about Jim Carrey. So, do y'all know movies that Jim Carrey has played in? There's some iconic ones out there.
2: I love Jim Carrey. Like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, like a lot of comedic movies that are just kind
3: of infamous He was now in for Batman me.
0: Forever as well, 1995.
3: Yeah. The Ridley. Grinch. Oh, the Grinch. Christmas. Yeah. Mm. but it, That was like a really transformative role. <laughs> it really was <laughs> literally no performing. it seriously was yeah he i think I, I. yeah i think i saw somewhere green, i think yeah. i read somewhere where it was like he had to have this like military trainer help train him to like um be in this role because the like task of getting into the costume and like just performing in the costume like on hours on upon hours a day was just like so hard on him that he had to have someone like basically give him like like train him to like be
0: in that position it's crazy
2: this is off topic but like the girl that's like cindy luhu she's in a screamo band now interesting fact
0: anyway i think it's funny that he is mostly in like movies that are centered about comedy and like fun and like bring laughter however what people don't know is that he actually creates art on side that is mostly about politics And criticizing of today's political climate and social climate as a whole. So what are your thoughts on, you know, him being like a comedian, but also creating art that is like very, very criticizing of, you know, city's politics or like administration and all that stuff?
2: I think with the platform that he has, he is able to share, share his opinions and be like, this is how I feel about what's going on. It's like within the last few years, a lot of people have become a lot more politically activated and just kind of fired up with everything that's been going on in the world because we're so separated right now it's you know this is one more example of someone stepping up and being like hey this is wrong and i'm gonna use what i have and what i know to show that even if it is in an undiscovered way like his artwork
0: and i think another so like i think another thing that's like really about his art is that not only it's about like politics and what's happening but when we like in today's world, like a post-globalized world when we talk about politics, like we talk about, it's like more of a cultural sense of it too. Like, so there's like this one painting of like, you know, Kim Jong-un as a rocket man and it's like referencing it to like one of, referencing to one of like Trump's tweeter, tweets that's like, oh, like calling Kim Jong-un a rocket man. So I think it's like, it kind of goes beyond politics and it goes into like this culture of social media as well. And his art is just like, I I think it's, I think it's very unlikely of him, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, because he is such a comedic person, this might be one of the only ways that he is able to be taken seriously. It's interesting though that he often does tie in movies to his artworks. Like I'm looking at one right now that's like Trump, but he's like the wicked witch of the West, like melting with like the green. Mm -hmm. Very it's like I don't know, it's a interesting contrast between his, you know, personality on the screen, which you see him as such a funny character versus like him in actuality which is obviously someone that's very politically engaged and knows that's what's going on in the world
0: and like cares about the issues that are happening so like two of his paintings are about what's happening at the southern border of the united states in terms of ice and children that are being you know taken away from their parents in the detention centers and he has like two to three artworks on that and i think that's interesting that you know he has a big stance because that's a human rights issue you know that he has, like, a big stance on that as well. And it's just, like, very unlikely of him. Like, you wouldn't think someone like that. It's funny to me is that, like, he's, like, mostly known for his movies. Then he's, like, art. And maybe that says something about our society. And, like, what... I guess what kind of art we value or what kind of art we would rather spend money on. Well, I think that mostly became... Well, because, like, his art and movies came first.
3: So yeah, that's, that's where it. he got his fame from. I don't necessarily think it's because of, like, how we value art because... I just think it was more of like he rose to fame because of his movies yeah, that's, and that that's art true, came too. after. But the other thing like I've noticed about his paintings is that they always seem to take like a person who's um, like a political figure or something and sort of transforming them into this different role that sort of nods at what their character is. So as Piper mentioned with Donald Trump and him being like the Wicked Witch of the West and there's like another one of donald trump like bathing and the remains of sewage and stuff and it, i don't know it all seems to be like nodding towards the characters of these people and so i don't think he's he's like not only is he talking about like the political climate but also just talking about like people's characters in general
0: and then you the funny thing is like most of it it's like centered about like trump's administration i don't know it's like because like maybe he started making these and like 2016 also, yeah. or did he just like start because they're like portraits like like robin williams and all those aren't necessarily about politics but i think like this one's fu- it's funny that how he starts like i guess criticizing attacking like it, political yeah. figures since like you know current administration
2: i mean it's not always like attacking political figures and the like Come on. Uh, one right now that's like mlk
0: yeah that's what i was saying i think there's like this shift of like him making portraits of like famous people and then jumping into politics and like
1: when i first saw this art i wasn't surprised it was jim carrey's honestly because there is although there is a serious undertone to it there's also like a comedic aspect
2: yeah yeah it's very eccentric
1: Yeah, it's eccentric. He he uses very like Like comic, cartoony, you know, styles and and, uh, motifs. So,
3: like everyone's facial features seem to be very downcast and like mouths really wide open, and just exaggerated. And the contour
0: lines are Mm -hmm. very harsh. And like even the Rocketman one, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, they are funny. Yeah, just they're really they're like fun, funny. They're funny looking. They're and funny looking. And then the like,
3: theme is also really yeah. funny too. Who would have known? Our oh boy, Tim Carrey. <laughs> the Grinch. That's our boy.
1: Yeah, this just shows that, um, you know, whatever kind of artist you are, you can always express your ideas through other mediums and this is what he's doing here, you know, he's not only expressing himself through acting, but he's also getting his ideas out there through um visual representation.
0: And I think that's one thing that we see with a lot of undercover artists is that because you know he's like in movies too. That's obviously a form of art, is that how different he portrays himself or his opinions through those things. It's like it's almost as if they're like two different people, but they're not because like how it's a kind of contrast going on. So I think that's a Theme that we see like throughout undercover artists in general.
2: All right, so the next undercover artist that we're going to be talking about is also an actor, but she's known for doing more actioning flicks and stuff like that. Maybe Charlie's Angel, Kill Bill, and it is Lucy Liu. We love her. Kung Fu Panda. We love. Was she the snake? Oh my yeah. god! Yes, <laughs> serpent. Yes, exactly. So Lucy Liu is. She's been doing art for a long time, but recently she came out with a series of works that were featured in the National Museum of Singapore. And part of the collection was that she used trash that she had found along her journeys that she's been collecting since 2012. And she placed them inside of unused books that were going to be thrown away and to display them and show trash all over the world. It's an interesting concept, especially because whenever she went to Singapore, she tried to find trash and she actually had a difficult time finding trash on the side of the road, which is something that you wouldn't even think about because in the U.S. here, we have a lot of trash everywhere. So for her to uh, struggle to find that is very interesting. But she also features some sculptures, including like an American flag and interesting uh, other sculptures that she does. She also does a series of paintings that uh, show women figures that, Honestly, give me a huge willem de Kooning vibe, mm-hmm. especially like in his women one and two and etc, because of the harsh lines that they use in the thick painting.
1: yeah, this is probably my favorite um undercover artist yet because it's very abstract, it's very um uh, I just like it, it's very cool,
3: yeah, everything's like seems to be very blurred, and you can't make out specific details, but you sort of at first glance. Kind of know what's going on, and she uses a lot of cool colors too.
2: Yeah, I think the forms that she makes within her art, especially her paintings, are just really interesting to look at. There's a lot there, while still being pretty abstract. There's a lot of meaning that you can take from each individual painting. Mm
1: -hmm. Piper, do you know if she has any sort of purpose or overarching message that she does with her artwork?
2: I think in one of her other series, she's trying to highlight women, and so it definitely is coming from a feminist stance um i think one of them we can't exactly talk about on this podcast because it is um not pg but that's okay so
0: (laughs) but didn't she like release it under like a different name at first
2: yeah so she did i mean she had been creating art for pretty much all of her life but she still like wanted it the art to speak for itself rather than to have the name lucy lu attached to it i think it's pretty interesting i think she's a great person and so to have this art be a part of her is just one more facet to our personality. And it just creates a more complete picture. The art can stand alone by itself, but it means a lot more when it comes from the artist.
3: Okay. So now moving on to our last undercover artist. It is your fave boy from Criminal Minds, and he played um, Dr. Spencer Reed. It is Matthew Gray Goobler. I'm really excited to talk about this guy because he's one of my favorite actors. So he was born in Las Vegas and I don't think he's been painting like since he was young, but I think he started coming out with his artwork like more recently. And so his first avenue into like the art atmosphere was definitely through like movies and acting. And I think later his art, his artwork started to come out. And so I encourage like everyone listening to go look at his artwork on just like google images it's very interesting it's you can definitely sort of see like his perspective and how he views like the human face and it's very like weird and bizarre like um it kind of reminds me of like tim burton honestly with the the big eyes and everything kind of look a skeleton face honestly
1: i definitely get the tim burton vibes Mm -hmm. uh it's really eerie they're all very pale they have sunken eyes Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's like elongated figures as well. You know, everything
3: is like stretched out and that's kind of the same common motif that you see in Tim Burton's work as well.
1: So they're portraits of celebrities mainly?
3: No, I just, I think they're just like random, random faces.
1: Yeah, I see some of them are just kind of creatures. That's cool as well.
3: Yeah, honestly,
2: I did not know who Matthew Gray Googler is. Um, I saw some photos of him with the cards and like the
0: Oh, he's also a magician, hat. by the way. <laughs> is he actually? Wow. Yeah, he's it's just that's like... That's another form of art too, right?
3: <laughs> no, he's He's like, he does everything. It's crazy. He does like, he's a director, a magician, a painter, an actor.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's just like,
3: I think he identifies as like just... A renaissance man. (laughs) No, someone who just knows that he's, you know, different from everyone else. And like, he's very much into the eerie side of things like Edgar Allan Poe. He loves Edgar Allan Poe and like his poetry. And he actually, it hasn't come out yet. It's not published yet, but he has written a, and you know, illustrated a book called Rumple Buttercup, Story of Bananas, Belonging, and Being Yourself. So he really does encourage other people to embrace their weirdness. And within the book, it's just, it's a story, but then there are also illustrations of monsters who are really, you know, weird. They have not like the other monsters, I guess you could say.
2: Yeah, his work is definitely, in some pieces, looks a little bit more childlike. So I could definitely see w- where he's getting the storybook idea from it'll be interesting to see when it does come out how it will i guess appeal to younger audiences but also how the artwork is kind of intended for
3: older audiences i guess yeah so i think with his artwork it's very much like targeted towards people who also see themselves as like outcasts and i think that's like really special because you know he's sort of reaching out to an audience that not a lot of people acknowledge just because they probably have these like preconceived notions that they're like too weird or something and so i think that's really special with his artwork
4: and here's the scene
0: to scene what do you have for us today
4: starting off today with the fun fact it's britney bud (laughs) britney's
0: That was bad. That was
3: bad. Not
4: good. <laughs> Did you guys know? Britney Spears painted a piece that auctioned for $10,000, which is, I'm sure, a completely appropriate price. However, the money was donated to a good cause. So good on you, Britney. <music> Moving on to today's tip for the AP art history test. As always, I'm back to help you guys pass this test, do great. So undercover artists, what does it have to do with art history? <laughs> <laughs> many of the prehistoric pieces that are included within the 250 do not have a distinct artist due to there not being any recorded history from the prehistoric period oh wow since it's prehistoric <laughs> these pieces would generally have more functional aspects to it than decorative features and while we do not know the artists for these pieces they are much less important as we would not be Able to find much information about these pieces, even if the specific artists could be identified, we learn most of the significant aspects of these pieces, such as the function and meaning, through contextual historical research. One piece, however, that does stand out from the two hundred and fifty is the Artabil carpet from the Safavid dynasty in fifteen forty C.E. This is a <laughs> prayer. <laughs> this is a huge carpet meant for prayer, and from the funer- funerary shrine of Safi al Din. Essentially, this carpet was constructed by many different women um hand threaded i believe um and because of the time period these women were not allowed to express that they were p- taking part in creating this piece um and we don't know any of the people that were commissioned or ordered i guess to make it and it was simply used for its funerary processions
2: thank you to that was just so insightful <laughs> amazing You're welcome. so well versed 10 out of our 10. History. <laughs> Alright, so our trivia question for next week is, what is the most viewed YouTube video of all time? Tune in next week
0: to find out the answer. Want to know more about our podcast? You can check us out at com, or you can look us up on social media at Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed our content and we'll see you next time. And never forget to smash!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I hate that so much. (laughs)